Hey friends, thank you for being here with us today. Hey, make sure that you like and subscribe so that you don't miss any of our videos that are coming in here on YouTube. Um, also, we've got a lot of things going on here at Christ Community Church, so make sure to go to our website, check out our events page, see different ways that you can get connected, um, and enjoy the message. Amen. You can go ahead and take your seat. So glad you all are here tonight. And those who are watching online, welcome to all of you. It's great to be with you. Uh, before I jump in, I want to just remind you that we have our baptism weekend in two weekends. And if you've not been baptized as a believer in Jesus, we urge you to do so. We have so many new people that have recently been coming to Christ Community. And maybe in that experience of coming to this church, you have just started your journey with Jesus, which is awesome. Baptism is an important and, and uh, significant next step for you in your journey. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a while, but you've never been baptized as a believer. Maybe you were baptized as an infant, which is more about your parents' desire for you. So baptism is, baptism is an opportunity to publicly declare your faith in Jesus. So if you'd like to be baptized or you feel like God is calling you, stirring your heart to be baptized, it's a very simple process, but you do need to go through this online process where we can hear your story and you can explain more about what baptism is. So just click on the QR code there. Um, you can more information in your newsletter. Super excited about that weekend coming up in two weeks. So today um, we are beginning a new teaching series. It feels a bit weird to not say we're walking through the book of John. Uh, we started that, year, that series exactly a year ago. I um, mean, that launched us into this beautiful, transformative experience with Jesus. And that really is my prayer for this new series as well. For the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring together something that is at the core of Jesus' life and mission. It's something he actually specifically mentioned in the book of John. After he had risen from the dead and appeared to his disciples for the first time, it's a statement that really has captured my heart for the past few months, so much so that I felt like we needed to spend a few weeks doing a a deeper dive into what Jesus was talking about because it impacts all of us. It impacts how we live our lives today. So here's what Jesus said in John 20 when he first appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. In fact, I'd like you to read this out loud with me. All right, so let's read this out loud together. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, this is an amazing statement when you think about it. Here, here Jesus is, having just experienced the cross, went to the cross to pay for our sins, says it is finished. Then he risen, he's risen from the dead so that we can experience life. I mean, it sort of feels like his mission is done, right? He has accomplished all that he intended and wanted to accomplish, but he hasn't. See, while his work on the cross is finished, his ultimate heart, his ultimate passion is not finished. Jesus wants all people to experience life in his name. He wants all people to experience the joy and the freedom of his love and forgiveness. Jesus wants every person to know him and to experience life in him. That's Jesus' heart, that's Jesus' desire. But here's the deal, he's not interested in doing this mission on his own. We see in this passage that Jesus is enlisting his followers to partner with him in this mission. He is enlisting us to be carriers of his hope to a broken and hurting world. As the Father has sent me, Jesus says, I am sending you. 
Jesus is recruiting each one of us to partner with him in bringing his life to the people around us. In other words, you are sent. You are sent. Every one of us who is a follower of Jesus is sent by Jesus to carry on his mission, to bring his life to a world that desperately needs it. Okay, so what exactly does that mean? What exactly does that look like? You know, whenever this topic is brought up, Many of us often have this knee-jerk kind of reaction. I'm not a missionary. I'm not an evangelist. You know, that sense stuff is for other people. You know, those extroverts who like to talk a lot or whatever. Those people who go overseas, you know, to be missionaries. I'm happy, I'm happy contributing financially to those things. I'm, I'm more of a sender, but I'm not a sent one. You know, I'm just an ordinary person trying to love Jesus and get through life. See, part of the problem is that we have a fairly narrow perspective of what it means to be sent, uh, on what it looks like to actually be on mission with Jesus. That's just for a select few extroverted types who naturally get into that sort of thing. But that's not what Jesus said. What Jesus said to all of his followers is this, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you, plural, ustedes, Y'all, right? It's plural. I'm sending you. And this included Peter, who had an amazing evangelistic gift, extrovert, strong evangelistic gift, but it also included John and, and James and Matthew, the tax collector. It included introverts and extroverts, and those who enjoyed being outside and those who enjoyed writing, etc. Every follower of Jesus, every follower of Jesus is invited into his mission. See, Jesus wants us to partner with him to help others find life in his name. So again, what does that look like? Well, that's where this verse in, in John 20 came to life for me personally. It was when I realized that in this statement, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. In this statement, Jesus is not simply declaring that we are sent. No, he's actually showing us how we are sent. He's describing for us how we are to live our lives as sent ones. See, we are sent in the same way Jesus was sent. So what, what that means is in the example of Jesus, we see how we can live as sent ones. Jesus embodies for us some incredibly simple practices that all of us can engage in, that all of us can build into our everyday lives. Whatever stage of life we're in, whatever personality we have, whatever our Enneagram type, wherever we work, wherever we go to live or go to school or doing the retirement thing, doesn't matter. Jesus shows all of us how to live as sent ones, how to do life in such a way that we are actually partnering with him to bring his life to others around us. Now, a core part of our purpose as a church, we have a threefold purpose statement, all things with Christ, as a thriving family. The third, third statement there is a core part of who we are. It's called, it's, we word it this way, bringing hope to all people. See, that's what being sent is all about. Each one of us bringing hope to the people around us. <clears throat> In the example of Jesus, we discover five Simple practices that all of us can embrace 
and which enable us to be a part of his mission on earth. And so over the next five weeks, we're gonna be unpacking each one of these practices. And in doing so, we're gonna be learning from Jesus how each one of us can live as sent ones. Okay, so today, I wanna unpack practice number one. And not surprisingly, it is this practice is foundational to everything else. If we miss this, All the other practices just become guilt-ridden ought-tos. You ought to do this. You ought to do that. You know, that, that, uh, but but we really don't want that, especially in this area, because it tends to be kind of guilt-ridden. I don't want this series to be a guilt-ridden dump of things we ought to be doing more of. So how do we make sure that it's not like that? About 15 years ago, author uh, Simon Sinek uh, did a TED Talk about how great leaders inspire action. It was, <clears throat> it was moderately received. I think it only has like 69 million views right now. Um, but I remember watching it a few years ago and being struck by the simplicity and yet the profundity of what he was saying. So he, if you've seen it, you know this, one of those 69 million, you may have seen it. But he drew three concentric circles on a whiteboard. In the, in the center circle, the smallest circle, he wrote the word why. And then in the next circle, he wrote the word how. And on the outer circle, he wrote the word what. And he said that most companies, most leaders know their what and they know their how. They know what to do and they know how they do it. But many of them don't know the why. They don't know their why, which Simon Sinek explained that this has a huge impact on their mission as a company. Now, there are all sorts of fascinating places we could go with that concept in terms of why Apple is so effective and why Martin Luther King Jr. had such an impact. But I want us to apply this idea of why. I want to apply it to our conversation here because it has a huge impact on what we're talking about. Look, if all that we did in this teaching series was give you some practices to implement in order to be sent, then we all would know what to do and we would know how to do it but we probably wouldn't do it. We probably wouldn't do it. And the reason is because we're missing the why. Why would we choose to live as sent ones? Why, what is our motivation? See, this is so important. The reality is Jesus not only knew the what and the how of his mission, he also knew the why. His entire mission started with the why. So what was his why? Well, finish this sentence for me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. John 3, 16. I mean, the most famous, well-known verse in the Bible gives us Jesus' why. What is his why? Love. Jesus was willing to be sent because of love. It wasn't about guilt. It wasn't about fear, it was love that drove him. It was love that compelled him to come to earth. So being sent for Jesus, being sent was a, was a way to demonstrate and express the love that was in his heart towards us for humanity. And here's, here's what's so important. It's the Father sends me, sends me, I'm sending you. This is not only Jesus, why? This is to be our why. 
Just as the Father sent me out of this heart of love, I am sending you. Love is our why. Not growing a church or accomplishing our quota or doing what Christians are supposed to do. Not, not, not guilt or fear. No, love is our why. Love is the only true reason for us to live as sent ones. Let me unpack that. See, we have experienced the love of God in Christ. And we happen to live in the midst of a world that more than anything else just wants to experience genuine love. They, they want to know that they're seen. They want to know that they're valued. They want to know that they have a purpose. They want to experience joy. All of those things are found in a relationship with Jesus. We know his love, right? We have experienced his love. Our lives have been transformed by his love. And yet we live in a world where most of the people around us have not experienced his love. I want you to think about that for a moment. I want that to sink in. You live in a neighborhood. You live in a city where most of the people around you have not experienced the love of Jesus. What does that reality stir in your heart? When you think of the people around you, not having experienced the love that you have experienced. See, for me personally, when I, when I slow down long enough to let that reality sink in to my heart, that my neighbors, that, that many of my family members, that many of the kids at Maplewood School, where I, I go along with many of you and do Kids Hope Mentoring, many of the guys I play golf with, they don't know the love of Jesus. They have not experienced a relationship with him. See, that does something in me. That's not about guilt. It's not about ought to's or should's. No, it's about love. I want them to know Jesus. I want them to experience a relationship with him. This is about so much more than just making sure someone's going to heaven, you know, and getting them to pray some sinner's prayer so they go to heaven. No, this is about experiencing love and life in Jesus now. This is about people's hearts being healed and impacted by the acceptance and the love and the truth that Jesus alone offers them. I mean, I know you know this, but our world is just, it's filled with so much brokenness right now. The level of insecurity and loneliness and confusion and suicidal ideation and anxiety and fear and emptiness and relational conflict and anger. I mean, the numbers are staggering. They're staggering. I don't know if you've seen the latest CDC numbers. They came out about six weeks ago, I think. Um, just some of these stats, especially about young people, are just, oh, it's hard to fathom. Here's just a few of them. 57%, 57% of high school females report persistent sadness or hopelessness. And that's up from 36% just 10 years ago. A 21 percentage point jump in 10 years. For males in that same age group, high school males, 29% experience persistent hopelessness. That's up from 21% 10 years ago. 30% 
of females in that age group have seriously considered suicide, up from 19%. One third of teenage women have considered suicide. And that, that's just a small, I could give other statistics about all sorts of areas. That's just a small snapshot of what is happening. People are hurting all around us, in our neighborhood, at our school, at our workplace, on our kids' sports team. Even those who on the surface seem to be doing really well, right? They too are longing for love and purpose and joy. And Jesus offers that. And we know Jesus. We, We have the love that they long for. Now, do they realize that they long for that? Not necessarily, which is why we need to learn how to live in an intentional way, a winsome way. That's what we're going to be talking about in this series, not an offensive way, in a winsome way that opens up natural opportunities for us to help people experience Jesus. So that's what we're looking um, at in this teaching series. But again, we have to start with the why. So let me articulate practice number one for living as a sent one, seeing people through the lens of love. This is our why. See, this is where Jesus' mission began. And it is where our mission is being sent ones. It is where it must begin as well. It's all about the lens through which we look at the people around us. Do we see people through the lens of love? Or we, do we see them through another lens? You know, I'm relatively new to this whole glasses wearing thing, um, you know, uh, all the time, that sort of thing. Um, and for some reason, I often don't realize my lenses are dirty uh, until I get up here to speak. And then the lights are like, oh my goodness, my, I can't even see out of these glasses. I didn't even know it before. And then, you know, the lights come on. I'm, I'm like, man, I need to clean these things every once in a while. You know, uh, Raylene will look at me sometimes like, how can you see through those lenses? Okay. So, you see, I don't, I don't even notice unless the bright light. But other than that, I don't really notice that my vision is being impaired. And I think the same thing happens to us in our lives. The, the lenses of love that God gives us through which to see other people, those lenses become cloudy. We start to see people through the lens of labels, political labels. Oh, they're a, yeah, fill in the blank, whatever. Or morality labels or generational labels or racial labels, or economic labels, or labels based on their appearance. And here's the thing about labels. Those labels that we attach to other people, those labels impact how we feel towards those people and how we respond to those people, right? How do we see the people around us? See, this this gets to this question of our why. It gets to our why. If we see people the way Jesus sees people, it will dramatically change our response to them. And again, Jesus shows us this. So look with me at Matthew chapter nine, beginning in verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. 
Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. See, Jesus is actively doing his thing. He's teaching, he's healing. But then Matthew says, when he saw the crowds that had gathered, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. His heart was moved towards them. Why? Because of how he saw them. They were harassed. This is what he saw. They were harassed and helpless. He saw them through the lens of love, not labels. Oh, they're old and they're this and they're that. They're, you know, no, he didn't see them through the lens of labels. He saw them not as an agenda item or a project. He saw them through the lens of how they were experiencing reality. He saw people who were under the weight and the burden of life's circumstances. He saw people who were just under the, the pressure to look a certain way or perform a certain way or the, the heaviness the ca to care for a, a family member or to, to deal with heavy stuff in their lives. He saw people whose hearts needed love and encouragement. That's how he saw people. Jesus looked at people beneath the veneer Beneath the exterior, how they were dressed or how they looked, you know, all that stuff. Beneath the veneer. And when he did that, he saw their struggles. He saw their longings. He saw their burdens. He saw their fears. And that seeing moved his heart to feel compassion for them. What would happen if we began to see people through that same lens? In a society like ours, where everyone is labeling everyone else and spewing forth hatred and name calling and violence towards people who don't agree with them. In a society like that, I can't imagine anything much more radical and winsome than us choosing to live this way. Choosing to look at people through the lens of love rather than the lens of labels. I mean, this is a game changer. It's a game changer, seriously. When, when we look at the world through the lens of labels, we automatically distance ourselves and we create categories and barriers that keep us from moving towards them relationally, that keep us removed do you remember the movie Home Alone? I mean, classic, right? We've seen it 400 times if you have kids. Anyway, Kevin, you know, played by Macaulay Culkin, is, is told by his older brother Buzz that their neighbor, old man Marley, was a serial killer who had murdered his family. So Kevin, that's the way he sees his next door neighbor, right? When he's all alone, he sees him, you know, through this evil lens and the music, all that stuff, right? until he actually meets his neighbor. I think it was at church, in a church, and he finds out he's actually a really nice man who's living alone, and maybe he looks grumpy because he's living alone and he hasn't seen his son or his grandchild for years because of an argument that happened years ago and they haven't spoken since. 
So Kevin, once the lens is removed, Kevin and old man Marley become friends and they help each other out. He finds out, you know, he's not a serial killer. He's actually a real person with a real story and with real pain. Are there, are there people that you and I view through a particular lens in our neighborhood or work or people we view through our school, we view through a particular lens based on a first impression that we have of them or maybe a story we've been told about them or the t-shirts they wear or whatever. But we see them through the lens of a label we've attached to them. So what would happen if we asked Jesus to help us change the lens through which we see them? Well, what impact would it have on us if we saw them through the lens of love? Well, Jesus tells us exactly what would happen. One day he was teaching about the second greatest command, which is love your neighbor as yourself. And after he taught this, an expert in the law said, okay, okay, I get that, but let, let me ask a question, a follow-up question. If I'm to love my neighbor as myself, who is my neighbor? So Jesus responds by telling a very familiar and very powerful story of a man who was walking on a road and he was attacked by robbers who beat him and stripped him of his clothes, leaving him half dead by the side of the road. So Jesus says, a priest walks by, a holy man, a pastor, right? One who mediates between God and the people. But Jesus says, when this priest saw the man, he saw him, when he saw the man, he deliberately passed by on the other side of the road. He was more concerned about ritual purity than he was about love. And then Jesus says, another religious guy, a Levite, who also served in the temple of God, saw this man. He comes by, he sees this man lying by the side of the road. He also chooses to pass by on the other side. Their lenses were cloudy, right? Their lenses were cloudy. They weren't seeing this person through the lens of love. They were only seeing this person through the lens of, of their own labels and judgments and inconvenience that this would cause if they reached out, right? That, that, that's, the, that's what they saw them through. And then Jesus describes how a third person came by <laughs> and a provocative twist to the story. It happened to be a Samaritan whom the Jews hated. They hated Samaritans. They despised them. They looked, on at, uh, looked down at them at being dirty and half-breeds. Jesus says that this Samaritan also saw the man. But when he saw the man, he took pity on him. He saw him through the lens of love, not labels. His heart was moved by this man's need, and he responded now, there, there are so many ways we could highlight in the story. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating story, but I want to focus on the why, <laughs> what we're talking about right here, the why. The priest and the Levite, they should have done something, but they didn't. Look, they knew the what and the how. I mean, they knew the law. They knew the what and the how, but they didn't have the heart posture needed. They, they didn't see this man through the lens of love. They didn't know their Why? Just what and how, and I'm just not convenient, just not the right time, whatever, so I'm not doing anything. They didn't see 
him through the lens of love. And because of that, they missed the why. Because of that, they didn't feel compelled to do anything. See, when we miss the why, you know, we don't, we just do our lives and we don't really care, you know, we're just, we're, you know, whatever. That, I mean, that's the, that's the reality of why this is so important. When they missed the why and because they missed the why, they didn't do anything. But the Samaritan, as he's going about his ordinary day, as he sees this broken man, he sees him through the lens of love and his heart is moved. See, that this is where we must begin in this whole conversation about being sent and all of that, this is the foundation. It, it, we've got to begin with a simple and yet significant heart shift, an intentional decision to see other people through the lens of love and compassion. So this is your assignment. This is our assignment, right? It doesn't involve you doing anything externally. All I want you and me to pay attention to this week is how we see other people. When you look at people this week, at work, at school, in your neighborhood, what narrative are you telling yourself about that person? What internal narrative are you telling yourself about that person? What label, are you, are you seeing them through the lens of a label that you've put on them? Or are you seeing them through the lens of love? And then once you change that, once you make that shift, I want you to notice what happens in your heart as you begin to see them the way Jesus sees them. And this is a game changer. This is where being a sent, being sent, it has to begin. It's not with the what, here's what to do. It's not, oh, here's, here's how you do it. No, 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 it's, it doesn't begin there. It begins with the why. It begins with our hearts. It begins with a, how we see the people around us. I want us to watch a, a video story of a couple in our church um, whose lives were impacted when a man named Larry saw them and their situation through the lens of love. I'm Carly Ruiz. I'm Dallas Ruiz. Uh, two years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I remember, I remember it being just the worst time of my life because there was sorry just so much uncertainty I I'm married <clears throat> and we have you know this beautiful little family and I just remember not knowing if it was going to be like my last Christmas with them or, you know, the last holidays I was going to spend with my kids. I work with Larry and he had found out that my husband was uh, diagnosed with cancer and going through chemo. And he had told me that there's the group called Alpha. It's at Christ Community Church and that him and Janice have led the group for years and he would like to invite me and Dallas to go to it. It was awkward, but in the back of my mind, I had known that Dallas and I had had that barrier of needing something like that. We were hesitant and we just decided to go because Dallas didn't really have anything at the time. To me, it was, it was just a complete stranger. I didn't know Larry at all. It was just somebody extending that, you know, extending that offer. 
when I actually sat and processed, wow, Larry's inviting us to something big, like he's inviting us to Alpha. Meant, that had to have meant a lot to him to invite us to a group like that. The, the gratitude towards him actually reaching out and inviting us to this group is, I don't even think there's a word to put to how grateful we are for that. He had said that something in him was telling him that he needed to invite us. He didn't know what it was, but he felt super compelled to pray over me and Dallas and pray for Dallas. And from there, he said he got home that night and just felt like a power greater than him was just telling us that, telling him that he needed to invite us to Alpha. We definitely needed it. It, it was the hole in our um, relationship and our um, relationship with God that we were missing. So, and I think that Larry definitely felt that. I think our lives could have been completely different if I didn't have some stranger basically reach out to me and say, hey, I would like to extend this invitation for you to do this program. I think you need it right now. Then when we got to Alpha, we met many people that were just in the same place as us. Also people that had been to Alpha for many years, like Larry and Janice, and people that didn't believe in religion at all. And so there was a wide variety of people, and it was a place where we could go and ask questions that we might be embarrassed about asking, like how to pray. And so we fell in love with the group, we fell in love with the community of Alpha and have continued to go for multiple years since then. That's something that I would love to build up to one day is just tell them, hey, this is like such a great thing and this is why here's our story, here's, you know, how it's impacted not only us, but so many other people, you know, that whose stories you don't hear about. There's a lot of people out there that it just has such a positive impact and I would love to do that one day. You want to show what you found in Alpha and at Christ Community Church. And so, because we're proud of it and we're proud of how we got here. And I know we'd love to be that for somebody else. So where did that story begin? Well, it, it began with Larry feeling compassion for a fellow employee whose husband, he didn't even know, but whose husband was diagnosed with cancer. And that love moved him to simply invite them to an Alpha course, which is a course we host a couple times a year for people who are exploring Christianity and new to their faith. And, and the, this couple, they said yes. And their lives have been and are being impacted by Jesus. Now, all of that is amazing, but I need to tell you the rest of the story. That The man they were talking about is Larry Podorf, who's a dear friend of mine, who's been a part of our church for over 25 years. He and his wife, Janice, have led the Alpha ministry for most of that time. <clears throat> what you may not know is that about that story is that Larry passed away from pancreatic cancer a week and a half ago. We just had a memorial service in this sanctuary yesterday, 300 people or more heard about Jesus as we gathered to celebrate Larry's life. And the amazing thing about Larry is that he impacted so many people for Jesus, but not because of a forceful personality. He was the most kind, gentle person you would ever meet. 
And, and it wasn't because of some evangelistic method that he used. No, it was because Larry's heart was captivated by the why. He saw people the way Jesus did, and that love moved him to do things, to step out of his comfort zone even and say, hey, this is a little awkward, I don't know your husband, but I just really feel, I just want to invite you to this, those kinds of things. To, 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 to pray for people, to invite people to Alpha. And that, that story, his life and that story just makes me wonder, can you imagine what the impact would be if all of us, because the reality is all of us are in different spheres, right? You come across people I will never come across. All of us have a unique sphere of influence. Can you imagine what the impact would be if all of us intentionally saw all the people around us through the lens of love. Can you imagine what Jesus would do in our hearts <laughs> in the way we see these people if we see them through his lens of love? It'd be huge. The impact would be amazing. Let's pray. Jesus, we are asking you, we are asking you to open our eyes to see people the way you do. Holy Spirit, would you show each one of us, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit this question. Holy Spirit, would you show us, are there any labels that we are putting on people? Any judgments we've made that keep us from experiencing your compassion for others? Maybe political labels or moral labels or generational labels. Just open our eyes to see any labels, any barriers that we have put, we have erected. And just confess those to the Lord. God, forgive us for seeing people and labeling people and distancing ourselves. God, our lenses sometimes get so cloudy. Would you? clean them, remove the smudges and the, the things that keep us from seeing people the way you do. God, we just want to see with your eyes. And we're thinking too, in Matthew 9, Jesus, at the end of that passage, he said, ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. That word there, it means just thrust them out. There's an urgency. God, we're asking. We are asking for that. We pray for laborers, and we want to be a part of your ambassadors. <laughs> we want to be a part of that. Would you, would you help us? Would you send us out? with hearts of compassion, God. I, I, I just want us to just begin to imagine the impact in our neighborhood, in our, in our school. If we just change the lenses through which we looked at people, 
And so we're asking you to do that in our hearts, God. We want to partner with you in your mission to help everyone, everyone experience your life and your love. Give us your lenses, Lord. Give us your eyes to see. And what a privilege it is to be sent by you, God. And to have our hearts moved. We understand the why so that we are moved. Our hearts are moved, not out of guilt or fear. Our hearts are just moved out of love and compassion because that's your heart. Thank you. Thank you for your heart, for us. Thank you for being sent to us, Lord. And we just want to say yes to being sent by you to others, Lord. We celebrate who you are now, God, in this next several minutes. We, we just want to worship you, Lord. We welcome you, Lord. So if you're able to stand, I invite you, let's stand and let's worship this amazing Lord who sends us with his heart. Thank you, Lord. Hey, so if something during the sermon has inspired you or uh, brought up something that you're excited to talk about or sad to talk about <laughs> or different feelings that you have that came up through it, uh, there is someone who, who enjoys talking to people on the other side of this computer or your phone or whatever. Go to our site, click a button, uh, there's a chat button, and there is someone who would enjoy praying for you, talking to you, all the things. So just go ahead and take advantage of that and say hello.